listening to Guy Gab, the podcast for those who believe men can be better to themselves and others by acknowledging and sharing our emotions. I'm your host, Jonathan Blank, and it's time for us to rethink what it means to be a man. I'll help by sharing personal stories, some funny and some serious, and have guests talk about what you can learn from them. Speaking of which, my very first guest is a man who has taught me that it's okay for a man to wear leggings and use ballet exercises to work out. Chad Levy is a senior instructor at Physique 57. Most importantly, he's raising a family, including a wonderful son. Today, we're going to gab about male role models. Chad, I am through the moon to have you as the first guest for Guy Gab. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm totally pumped to be here and be part of the series. I'm glad you're pumped. We're going to make history here. We're going to help men become better. I really wanted you to be the first guest on Guy Gab because you helped inspire me to start on this journey to understand what actions I take because of traditional norms of masculinity and what actions I actually want to take because of who I am and who I want to be. For all of our listeners, Chad and I met in December of 2018, so about a year ago. Right. I took my first ever bar class at Physique 57. I was in leggings and I saw a ballet bar in the studio. Made me a little uncomfortable, but I had an amazing class and Chad was my instructor. And afterwards, I came up to Chad and I said, this was a great class. I got to say, though, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable in these leggings. Yeah, that happens. I felt it. (laughs) And I said, I want to do this on a regular basis, but isn't this just for women? That's a common misconception with bar class. Everybody comes in to bar, especially men, and they see the ballet bar and they think it's ballet exercises and it's just dance. And what it is, is amazing isometric strength conditioning and cardiovascular workouts. And that's what I fell in love with physique because it is so easy to go into a place and see it and worry that you're not going to fit in. But then you get into this particular workout and you find out so much about your strength physically, but there's an element that you find out so much about yourself mentally as well. And I really feel I've started to fit in. I've been in the Physique 57 Oh, you're regular. You're amazing. (laughs) Even though I missed class this morning because I was setting up for this podcast. We'll let that go this time. It'll be fine. Appreciate it. Before we get into today's topic of choosing and engaging with a male role model, I'd love to hear, and we'd all love to hear, why do you think it's important that men think about what it means to be a man or to think about what masculinity means? That's a big, big issue. I feel as though men are put in a box of how they should act. And it starts at a very, very young age, probably around puberty, where if you act like this, if you walk like this, if you're in a certain club or on a certain team, then you're, you're in. If not, you're out or you're in the outer circle. And I find that for myself, I really wanted to work on that because I'm a dad. I remember what it was like growing up and going through those anxieties of not fitting in or worried that somebody was going to look at me in a way that I would consider unbecoming, so to speak. But even more so, I look at my son. I look at all my kids, but 
just specifically for a man. And I, I watch him going through the same things and I'm watching through the process of boys becoming men, learning how to repress their emotions, learning how to appease people in order to fit in or to not be bullied. Eventually, that will result in them damaging their relationships, picking careers that they have no desire to do. This is, again, my opinion. One day, they'll look back and they'll be unhappy, but they can't figure out where it all started. And I personally feel it is because men or boys especially lack the support to learning how to being authentic to themselves. Well, Chad, we brought you on for your opinions. So we, okay. we, we well, appreciate I have opinions. I have tons of opinions. <laughs> We're going to ask you for them. Okay. You're going to specifically give opinions on me okay. and judge me, and I'm asking for it. This is a great segue into today's story about choosing a male role model. I'll tell how I chose my male role model when sure. I was going from what, as you described, from a boy to a, a man. So when I went to junior high, everyone around me was choosing their path. I'll just give you a couple examples. There was Trey who chose to be on the soccer team and he went on to be the athlete in junior high and high school, the star athlete. Everybody looked up at him for that. There was Marco who started going to auditions for childhood acting roles. Everyone after that started liking him because he was so funny and witty. And then there was Hope, my friend who from seemingly a very early age, knew she wanted to write well, understand policies. She decided to just go headfirst into the school newspaper. So while everyone around me was like choosing their path, I was just stuck. I didn't know which way to go. I didn't know whether to go left, right, join you know one of the teams or to go act like Marco. And I got really anxious about it. At first, I just thought to myself, who do I really like watching? And it was the shortstop for the St. Louis Cardinals, Ozzie <laughs> Smith. Yep. I'll admit here on Guy Gab that when he retired, I just bawled and cried. It was like the end of the world. So in junior high, I wanted to be him. I wanted to play baseball. But uh, Chad, as you may have seen in the classes that you've taught me at bar, I'm pigeon-toed. Mm -hmm. So like my knees point in. So I'm not exactly the best like runner in the world. So it didn't exactly work out for me to be Ozzy Smith. So then I turned to comics. I was like, I can be Superman. I can totally be him. <laughs> and like Barr, he wore leggings. Right. So that might've been the start of it. It could be. But the thing about Superman is that his primary skills are flying and shooting lasers out of his eyes. So it wasn't really like a realistic role model to look up to. Right. So- I finally turned to someone a little bit closer to home, my father. I thought he was super smart. He made a living arguing. He was a lawyer. And I thought that was just super cool. So I chose him. Now, Chad, I want to kind of get your thoughts on this. You've heard how I made my decision on mm -hmm. a male role model. In your opinion, how did I do in making my decision? And how do you think boys should make a decision about their male role model? Well, as a dad, I hope to be a role model to my kids. That's my hope. So picking your dad as a role model is great. I believe that having inspiration and support at home is really, really important towards success in general, especially when you have the troubling times. The outside world is difficult. So 
having that there is great. I remember for myself in junior high, it's funny, people used to ask, what do I want to be when I grow up? And I always said, I want to be famous. And that's all I could think of. I didn't know what I was going to be. I thought maybe I'd be a doctor, but I couldn't stand studying. So there was just no chance I'd ever get through school. If I could get through school, that'd be great. I could play an actor on TV. I did a lot of theater, musical theater, but I saw kids, the popular kids, the ones who knew exactly what they wanted to be. And it was always troubling because I had lots of interests. I just didn't know a specific one yet. And I looked towards people who inspired me, some really good and some that were unfortunate. But, you know, one who stood out a lot was my grandfather, my, my mother's father, who ran a motion picture company. And he used to sit in a big office that had this glass table and he had koi fish underneath, like swimming around. It was really magical. And I remember coming into his office and saying, one day, I want to do that. I want to be him because he exuded. It wasn't it was funny. I had no clue actually what he did on a day-to-day basis. He just exuded confidence and security and he just looked like everything was going to work out. And I think picking that as one of my role models, I'll say, was really important. I think I picked a role model based off of what I wanted to feel more than anything else. Really interesting. Do you think that some of those traits that you just described are what to you as a boy, what it meant to be a man? like confident, knowing that everything's going to be okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's back and forth too, because you think being a man is always showing confidence, always having everything under control, always knowing the right thing to do. And, and it's so not because I think most of my guy friends, as much as we'd like to say that we have it all together, we don't. We go through our struggles emotionally. And I think one of the biggest issues is that we actually don't talk about any of them. So we kind of go through it in the darkness and every once in a while we'll give that little blip of something's up. And so there's a very short exchange of saying our advice to each other, but we don't talk about our feelings. I think that started there. Like I don't remember my grandfather ever discussing his feelings other than what I should be doing and how I should be acting to become a better young man. I talked to my wife about, I remember one of the things that he used to do was he used to, he tried to reteach me how to walk like a man. Not that I thought that anything was wrong with my walk to begin with. It's just, it's funny. I, it's not like you're pigeon toed. No, I'm not pigeon toed. I just, I walked through my legs and as a dancer and you went through your legs and you straightened your legs and but that wasn't enough. He said that my walk wasn't weighted enough and a man walks very heavy. And so we would go in his office with the table and all this stuff and we'd walk diagonal, diagonal. And I remember him like stomping, stomping. Like we used to call him grandpa for that reason. We would walk until he would see that my walk was really, really heavy. And then he considered it acceptable. And so I relearned how to walk, busted both my knees and all, but that's a whole other story. But, you know, he had the best of intentions. He definitely, he was trying to help me in his idea of what I could do to be a better person. I appreciate that. And I think I've definitely learned to appreciate more and more every day, the difference between or to acknowledge the good intentions of some of my male role models, including my father, and some of the actions and behavior that in retrospect, I don't exactly want to take on for myself, Mm -hmm. but glad your knees have healed. Oh, well, thanks to NYU. It's been amazing. (laughs) (laughs) NYU, sponsor us for the next podcast. Please. 
So this is really helpful to understand how people should look at different men in their life and decide who should be a male role model. And for all the listeners, can you tell us your son's name? Devlin. So Devlin, if you're listening, please choose Chad, your father, as your male role model. (laughs) I promise I'll try my best. Chad's doing just great. Okay, thanks. (laughs) Let's turn to how we interact, engage with whoever we choose as our male role model. Back in junior high, I was about 13. I remember we had a Thanksgiving dinner and my father kept talking about how he needed to complete a brief for one of his clients. Now, I didn't know what a brief was at the time, but I knew that it was really important to my father that he complete this Mm -hmm. and that he make his client happy. And I realized that I started to emulate that as a junior high boy becoming a man. And I started to really want to make sure that my junior high teachers were happy with me. I treated homework assignments as if they were these briefs, whatever those were. And I didn't just want to get a good grade. I didn't just want to get by in my classes. I wanted my English teacher and my social studies teacher to like really like me and validate me. I tried to appease them. And this culminated years later in me thinking about where I should go to college. And again, I saw all of my peers and friends actively choose what schools they wanted to go to, whether it was a school with a football team, a big football team, or a big state school, or an Ivy League school. I didn't know where I wanted to go. I just thought, I guess I should go where other people want me to go, and I should try to appease. So I kind of polled different people, including my father, and I ended up going to Cornell. It's a great school. Great school, terrible football team. And okay. <laughs> but great school. You're right. And I had a great time and I learned a lot. I'm big red forever. But at the same time, I, I look back and I, I acknowledge it really wasn't my choice. It was an act of appeasement. And what I thought a man should do go to the most prestigious school that you are accepted to. I really appreciated the time going to Cornell, but I recognized that I did it because I had this like trait, this value of appeasing people around me. Did you have a place that you wanted to go? Was there like something like when you were starting to look at colleges that you said, you know, something you turned a page and it was just this magic, but you said, no, this is not what people want. It's a really good question. So there's two things that I would say as answering your question, Chad. One, again, I think about that time when I was making the choice, and it was almost though I didn't have the muscle, the brain muscle or the soul muscle to come to a conclusion of what you just asked of like, does this feel really charming? Does this feel like what I really want to do? It's almost though my, I guess, 17-year-old self at the time didn't have that capability. I think there were some schools that I had like kind of fantasies about like what my life would be like. Like if I went to a University of Texas, I'd never been to Texas, just sounded cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great school, by the way. My cousin went there. Go Longhorns. I know, right? (laughs) So great question. So my question to you is when Devlin, when he does choose you as his male role model, 
which I'm sure he already has. How should he decipher what traits of yours to copy, to act in the same way? How should he delineate that with things that he says, you know what? I love my father, Chad. He's the best in the world, but there's certain things that I want to do differently. How should he think about differentiating those things? Well, I think that, again, in my opinion, I find that I look for traits in people that make me want to be a better person. Mm. And so I hope that all of my kids, Devlin being the one we're speaking of, that there are traits that I have that he will look at and said, I will be a better person if I can do this. And this will be part of me. I mean, genetically, we're already linked. So he has that in him. It's just whether or not he chooses it. And, and we're all works of progress. I am by far a very, very flawed person. And just as I have to look at people who I hold dear in my life and recognize parts of them that I don't need to focus on, I hope that Devlin can look at parts of me that he doesn't want to focus on and be able to refocus on the good stuff. Fair, but I'm throwing a guy gab flag. I just just came up with that term now. I love it. We are throwing a penalty flag for you calling yourself very flawed. Look, we're all flawed. Right. But Chad's the man. Oh, I appreciate it. But I mean, what I mean though is that flawed is we all have baggage. We all have things that we go through. We all have parts of our past that haunt us. You know, if we don't, great. Like power to you if you come with a clean slate. But what I mean is that we're all works in progress. So I am a constant work in progress. I am constantly finding out things that I could do better or things that I wish I had not done or whatever the case was and, and trying to evolve day by day. I empathize with that a lot and I'm trying to do that a lot more of giving myself some credit for trying to evolve and not just beating myself up for anything that I think is something that I I shouldn't prove. So I'm glad we're both doing that. Great. We are works in progress. We are works in progress. We put the flag in here. Another flag. Another flag flag in the ground. (laughs) A different metaphor using the same word. Okay. So I think that's a good way of coming to the conclusion of this story and of talking about the concept of reflection. I remember having another Thanksgiving with my father and my family. And once again, during Thanksgiving, my father was right before dinner, he was working and he was with his legal pad. He didn't have a glass table and koi fish like your (laughs) grandpa, but he did have his table that he worked on. And I remember feeling a little upset inside that he was paying attention to his work and his brief instead of me and my sister and my mother. And because of this, I started to get anxious inside. I remember pulling on my hair and then my mother came over to me, tapped me on my shoulder and said, your father works for you and your sister. Chad, it was at this moment that my frustration just melted. I couldn't be upset with my father. He was just trying to do his best for us. And over the years, I've reflected on this. And I realized that there are aspects of my father that I really do want to build on and strengthen as a foundation for the rest of my life, like his commitment to intellectual understanding and his curiosity. But there are other things that I also want to prioritize, like being as present as possible in every moment, like this conversation with you, Chad. And so with all this said, 
how do you recommend that we look back on our male role models that we chose 10, 20, 30 years ago and make decisions about what lessons we have and how we should propel ourselves forward with those lessons? We see different inspirations in different people. You know, somebody could be a great athlete and you want to emulate them athletically. Somebody could be a fantastic writer and you want to emulate them. Somebody can be an amazing provider for their family. And I find that I've had that. I've had multiple people in my life who have served in great ways to inspire me to be who I am today. One of the things I'm lucky enough is that throughout all of my upbringing, I was lucky enough to be able to choose what I wanted to do. And I had a very supportive mom. My parents are divorced. My father was very supportive of me finding my way. And my grandfather, my grandparents had very limited pressure. They wanted me to be happy. And I put the pressure on myself because I felt that if I made the wrong decision, I wouldn't please them. And so a lot of the times when I put the pressure on myself, I crushed, I I crashed, I burned very badly. And yet they still came back and held the support. And I think that that was something that always stuck with me was with every mistake that you make, that you always have that network and that support. And I try to do that with my family. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like my kids can anger me or do something that will drive me up a wall. But at the end of the day, I hope that they know they always have me there every step of the way. But picking a male role model, I've picked really good ones. And I've also picked ones that are not good. Ones who unfortunately you think are very close and you think are very special to you in your life and they have ulterior motives. And that's really unfortunate and damaging. I wish, I think reflecting, looking back that I had enough confidence, inner confidence or inner know-how to be able to communicate my feelings of anxiety or of, I, I, I can't put it into words, but I wish I had the tools then to be able to have spoken up so that people who I thought were role models who were doing the opposite for me could have been pressed away sooner. So I think that's the hardest thing. It's like, I think that finding ones that are good is great. That's why we've spoken before. Hopefully one of your role models is somebody within your home, somebody who is close to you, because I feel that when you're looking outside or too far outside, sometimes those people don't have your best interests at heart. They have their interests at heart. And then you're the one who pays the price. And if you don't have the tools or you're told not to communicate or not to speak up, then that's where trouble happens. And I feel like you don't realize it until years, decades later. Does that answer? It absolutely does. <laughs> it's a lot. It's very like multi-layered. We'll have to have a part two to this okay. podcast, but that, no, it's, it's super helpful. I think it struck me, the meta nature of this in that we're talking about how it's difficult for men to communicate to each other. And we're using phrases like, I don't even know the words for my, you know, the emotions I had, like right. you just expressed. So it really struck me and it helped me understand that we need to spend more time with our feelings, trying to understand them, give words to them. Absolutely. And then communicate to others and our male role models about how we're feeling about them. So Chad, we're going to finish this off with a segment that we're calling Unmasking Masculinity. Okay. So we're each going to explain one thing that we currently do because it feels manly or we think that 
society wants a man to do it, but we we're making a commitment to do it a little bit less because it's not something we want to do. I'm happy to go first. Go for it. I am going to spend less time watching Sunday football with oh, my friends. Man. <laughs> oh, were you about to invite me to No, Sunday? well, yeah, football is awesome, but it's okay. No, I hear what you're saying. Go for it. So if football is awesome for you, then that's great. Right. I do it because I'm like, oh, it seems like that's what men do on Sunday. Right. And that's what my male buddies really want to do. So yeah, I want to hang out with them, but it's not something I particularly enjoy. Okay. Again, if you invite me over to watch Sunday football, I'll make an exception. Okay. But I'm committing right now to doing something that I want to do and not necessarily watching NFL football. I do love football and I love watching football, but I actually don't make it a habit. I have too much in my life anyway. I think sometimes I wish that I could sit down and watch. My son is addicted to whatever the games are all the time, which is great. And that's something I would love to be able to do is just sit down and watch you know, a three-hour football game with him. But as far as for me, I think that there is a stigma and I could get in trouble for saying this, but I'll say it anyway. There's a stigma of a man being the provider and a man having to take all the weight and the responsibility for finances and for the well-being of the family, which is totally wrong. And marriage is a partnership and you're equal partners. But I know for myself, I put the emotional weight on me that I'm not as much of a man if I'm not able to provide for my family in the means that I want to. What I find is that I'm always looking for the next job. I'm always looking for work. I will work on weekends. I wake up at four in the morning every morning just so that I can get going and I'm going until 10 o'clock at night or whatever when I finally crash and burn and getting back up the next day. And I can already tell that I may be providing financially, but I could probably be providing a lot more emotionally. I think that's something that I'm hoping to get through my thick skull and huge head of hair that I need to realize that what I'm doing is more than enough for work and that I need to focus on those moments of being with my family and having those very special moments where that's what they'll remember. And hopefully I will be that role model to them that I can show that I can sit down away from my phone or away from work to be able to just be part of the family. So based on what you just said, we're going to start in this first episode of Guy Gab, a new segment where it won't happen during the podcast episodes, but it'll happen between episodes. Okay. And it's going to be called text Chad. And I'm going to text you. Okay. And it's always going to be the exact same question. And it's going to be, are you working or are you with Amy and your three kids? Okay. And we'll just see over time how the responses go. Great. Just don't text me at 6 a.m. because I'll be working. <laughs> that will be like the given, but I hear what you're saying. All right. That's the one exception. I won't do it at okay. 6 a.m. Well, Chad, I just want to really thank you for being on this first episode of Guy Gab. You better come back. I can't speak for our listeners, but it's been illuminating for me to understand how you're guiding your son to choose multiple male role models, how to understand what behaviors to emulate, what not to emulate and how to kind of reflect over time. So thanks for sharing all of that. Well, thank you. And I I really appreciate the fact that you're doing this podcast. I think it is really important for men to relearn how to communicate or how to be okay 
with saying things to each other and to whoever they're with. And I hope that people who are listening will be able to take that back with them. Well, they're going to be able to take it back with them because of you. You said it better than you because of both of us. So for everyone who's listening, just know we're about to sign off and I know you can't see it, but Chad and I are going to hug because now (laughs) men are allowed to hug each other. Absolutely. As we sign off, can we just make a commitment to look, we'll reach out to each other if we need to be like, Hey man, I've got some feelings. I need to share them. I don't know who else to share them with. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to give you, I'm coming over to you there. All right. Thanks for listening to the first episode of Guy Gab. I'm recording this ending 24 hours after speaking with Chad. I want to share that Chad reached out and said that when he went home last night, he put his phone away so he could be fully present, Amy, Devlin, and his two daughters. I hope you also learned something from this episode about how to be or look up to a male role model. I know I had some realizations about how to be a better man and how to be increasingly a better host of Guy Gab for you. This was my first episode. I'm here for you and everyone who believes men can be better. So feel free to share feedback and topic ideas with me through guygab.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please press the subscribe button and rate the podcast. Talk to you in two weeks about executive leadership.